0: You're listening to The Lovish Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Sita Hood, vision architect and licensed therapist. Each week, I'm going to help you to develop the belief and strategy necessary to make an immediate impact on the world by deep diving into topics like mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. Hello, hello. Welcome back for another episode of Lovish Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Sita Hood, vision architect and licensed therapist. If you are listening to this episode on your favorite listening platform, I want to let you know it is another video podcast. Head on over to my YouTube channel, and meet me there so that we can talk hello go ahead and hit subscribe if you find yourself coming on over to the youtube channel if you find yourself meeting me here on your favorite listening platform every week go ahead and like follow subscribe share the love come on what is in your mug today i have the Brewmate back on deck and yeah i'm drinking water I do got some coffee over here, y'all, but it's the same thing. It's like the nitro cold brew. That's just, it's just been bae lately, right? Like I fluctuate between the same drinks. Anyway, I want to offer you a trigger warning for this episode. I will just let you know right now, we're going to be talking about a school shooting. So I will give you a minute to turn off the episode if you are not in a good headspace to listen to anything like that. Okay. It was a fall day several years ago when I worked at a therapeutic day school. And for those that don't know what a therapeutic day school is, a therapeutic day school is um, a school for, well, the one that I worked at, a school for uh, students that have behavior concerns, behavior issues. So it was a fall evening and I was at home and I got a call from my principal, which was weird because my principal don't be calling me okay like no and so he called me probably around eight o'clock something like that and he said you know what uh there was a school shooting would you like to be part of the crisis response team you handle crises really well on the campus so we would love it if we had your support i said yes so he was like okay if you're agreeable, then you're going to have to meet me at the school here really early in the morning. I think it was like 5, 36 o'clock so that we could all, the crisis response team from our unit could all head out there, like right out there together. So we did that. Fast forward to the next day, the staff that were there were naturally really heartbroken. They took a moment to debrief us on their thoughts for how they needed support. And then they split us into teams. And they said, you know, you will, your team will be in charge of helping students to just kind of process whatever is coming up or manage their emotions around what's coming up. And of course, provide support and encouragement. And of course, do some triage around this incident. So naturally, you know, we got separated and I had a group of about 10 kids. It was me and two other staff. And like two other staff that came with me and then one staff member who actually worked at the school where the shooting took place. And so we were in the room. Of course, there were a lot of tears. There was a lot of emotions that were showing up really big in the space. And um, I was the only therapist present and we're telling them, you know, it's okay to feel however you feel. And being very real about how it felt as a therapist providing support in that moment, you have to make a decision on how brave you're going to be, how you're going to show up in situations like this, because Some people may not have wanted to be part of a crisis response team because of the fear of retaliation. And I would be lying if I said that that thought did not come up for me when I was there. You know, I did consider that like if there was a rival gang that came back and started shooting and I was on campus at the time, what would I do? Ultimately, because I'm a Jesus girl, I said a prayer for protection and I asked the Holy Spirit to be with me as I helped these children, as I supported these children and the staff that, you know, had witnessed this, but also made a decision to be brave, made a decision to respond. So for those that don't know, I am a trauma therapist. I do have extensive training in trauma. And so supporting people through the hard parts of life is something that I do enjoy, but there also, like any natural human, there is the element of fear that can be introduced into the situation. And so that is all of the emotions that were clouding up the room. There was fear from the students, fear from the staff, a little bit of nervousness from our staff about potential retaliation and us being on the campus. There was a very strong sense of empathy of wanting to just take that load off of the students and provide a safe space. And so in these discussions, one of the students was saying like they didn't know how this could be avoided in the future. And that was one of their biggest fears. How do I stop this? from happening. How do we make a difference here? And I said to them, well, you make a difference because you tell the person who has the gun not to use it. You tell them like, hey, Joe, you're tripping. You don't need to take it that far. And what I meant is not to say that in the moment. Please do not misinterpret my words. I'm not saying walk up to somebody that's holding a gun, shooting schools and say, hey, we don't got to do this. But I said to them, the people that are doing this are your peers and you have a relationship with your peers. And at that age, I didn't say this part, but at that age, a child wants acceptance. They want a sense of belonging. They want to feel like somebody cares about them. And so if you can provide that, because let's pause here for a second and remember like high school was gruesome. People were nasty. Like we were all still learning our thing, but like low key, even if you were reflecting your past, you might've done some bogus stuff. So if we go back to that, coming back into the story, you know, all you want is acceptance. All you want is love. All you want is to be validated. And so when I'm talking to the students and I was telling them, you have the power to stop this with how you talk to one another, with what you say to one another, with whether you stop your friend, you know, and the kids were really receptive. And it was probably, it went probably as best as it could have gone considering what it was. So we closed out the discussion and we all had to meet in the auditorium for a school-wide debriefing. And the students were able to share parts of what they learned in their pods. And the staff were offered the opportunity to say how they felt, to talk about what it felt like for them, to talk about maybe what they gleaned from the pods. And this woman that was in our pod that worked at the school, she raises her hand. She's like, and they call her and they say yes miss whatever i don't remember her name and she's like yeah and and being mindful again she's just coming off of the trauma of a school shooting so she's coming off and she's like yeah i was in the pod with such and such whatever and i don't think it's right how y'all go to the suburban school where shootings don't happen and y'all want to come out here and tell our kids to put themselves to put themselves in the the face of a gun. That's not right. And you guys are going to get our kids killed. I knew she was talking about what I said. So I spoke after she did before anybody else could speak because I wanted to be clear the same way that I'm being clear with you today. I said, I, I fully stand by what I said. And I'm not somebody that is far removed from an affluent suburb. I work in an affluent suburb, but I'm from the South side of Chicago. And this school was on the south side of Chicago. I said, so I'm from the south side of Chicago. I grew up with the same type of trauma that these kids are dealing with now. There were school shootings. There was shootings on my block, shootings around the corner. There were fights everywhere. So I'm not saying something that I don't have experience in. And so when I'm telling you to use your voice, when I'm telling you that your voice matters, I'm not telling you to run in the direction of the person who's holding the gun. I'm telling you that before they even pull out the gun, you have the power to say, hey, you know what? (laughs) I think you're tripping on this one. We need to kind of make a different decision. After I said that, she said nothing. And the rest of the school kind of carried on with the rest of the debrief. And after that, my principal was like, you know what? That was really good that you said that. I think she was responding from a place of fear, but you're right. And so I'm glad that you not only said it, but that you also were able to back up your actions after the fact. So why is this story relevant to you today? Because I know that we like to minimize the power of our voice. I know that we like to minimize the impact of our voice. But the truth is our voice really does have power It really, really does. That is not just something to say. You were silenced, but you don't have to stay silent. It doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sidelines now because you're listening to this and your voice matters, your opinion matters, your thought matters. You might not even know that you were silenced if you're not practicing self-awareness, if you're not intentional about checking in on the spaces where your voice was silenced. I always take the time to compliment and empower other women because there are too many voices and too many negative comments that take away from our self-esteem, that take away from our voice, that bury layers on top of us to take away the gifts that God imparted inside of us. And we need to be empowered. When we are empowered, communities change. When we're empowered, lives change. The world changes. And I got a couple of examples offhand and I'm not about to go into detail for that right now, but we got Rihanna, we got Madam CJ Walker, we got Oprah, the example of women that use their voice very powerfully and showed up in their communities. And I'm not just talking about Rihanna's skin stuff, right? She has a foundation to look her up because she's not just a singer and she's not just like a um, person who creates beauty products and fashion clothing and all of that. She has an actual mission. So this is why your voice matters. Your voice could literally save lives. You don't know who's on the edge of something, who's on the brink of something and hearing a compliment from you, hearing an encouraging word from you, seeing you be like, yes, girl, that could make or break a person. So I want to give you three ways that you can use your voice right now. You can stand up and you can speak up for injustice. Just like the kids at that school, you can change a situation. Your influence is more powerful than you think. Be brave. Go for it. Speak up. Speak out. The second way that you can do that is by complimenting somebody, somebody who you see You observe in your life that is just doing something well, that is killing it at something. Take a few minutes to compliment them, make them feel good about themselves. And the third way, dealing with your current conflict. I know that's not the cute one, but you got to deal with the conflict in your life right now. Oh, yes, we get impersonal today. Okay, we going in today, right? If something has been bugging you or bothering you, you owe it to yourself and to the other person to speak on it. Conflict management does not have to be aggressive and it doesn't have to mean that it turns into something big, but it's important so that your voice is heard. Sometimes you don't even know why the thing is bothering you until you actually speak on it. So the three ways that you can use your voice right now because your voice is powerful, you can speak out and you can stand up against injustice. You can compliment somebody and tell them what they're doing well and make their day potentially and you can deal with conflict and you can deal with a painful situation that's happening in your life right now where you deserve to have your voice heard girl what you've been watching what you've been reading what you've been listening to media queens what's up This week, I have been loving KB's "Easy." That song goes hard. Let me just just play a little snippet for y'all right quick. And I do not own the rights to this music. It just go hard. Just let the beat drop. Hold on. (laughs) Let's go. Okay. So that's what I've been loving this week. And I'm going to tell you why I've been loving that song this week because he goes hard and he talks about how he has to stand alone a lot of times and how he's okay with that. So it's a hard song that you could play at the gym, but it's also motivation when you got to stand alone on some things. Again, I'm going to link that song for you in the show notes or down below in this video so that you can check it out for yourself. And that is all I have for you this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, share the love. Share with your mama, share with your auntie, share with your best friend, and then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Reviews help the podcast to grow. Well, that's all I have for you this week. I'll see you out in these social media streets. Bye!